I am so glad that you are here today. Uh, you see, as we wrapped up that video, it talked about we're glad that you are here on the journey that we call life. And uh, this is just an incredible journey, and I'm so glad that we get to spend some time together expanding and exploring faith. Now, if you came to hear Pastor Scott this morning, that's not me. Pastor Scott and Darla are away having a great time with their family, celebrating Charity and Sebastian uh, and their love and their wedding. They, they kind of did another thing down in Columbia, having a great time with some of Sebastian's family. So you can pray for them. They'll be back com- this coming week, so uh, it's all good. It's all good. But as we've been in this series of messages that Pastor Scott began on faith, it has created some dynamic interest as people sitting in the seats, have connected with new and powerful messages that have impacted their hearts. Pastor Holly just killed it a couple of weeks ago when she was sharing about a Sarah. Sarah, a real woman who had faith for the in-between. And and Pastor Scott has been doing such a fabulous job that uh, some of you may not know this, but this is not just the Church of Hope. Like, so this, this is a service, and we finished a service at 9 o'clock, and we had one last night. And in between all those, there's been one in Palmetto, and there's one in Portuguese, and uh, there was one, the young adult community, the summit last night, lots of different services, but we have a community that extends beyond the walls. And one of our church family who worships with us, we have some that worship in Germany, some in Brazil, some in the West Coast. We had some from Jacksonville. They've moved up to Jacksonville, and uh, they are still connected with y'all. They, they still love worshiping with Pastor Mark and Gina. They still love listening to Pastor Scott. And when he was sending in his tithe online, he said, Pastor Scott is just doing such a great job. He is shaking us up. So hopefully this morning you will find some nuggets of truth as we continue to explore and expand the journey of life that is the walk of faith as we look at faith. Faith being more than just a dream. Now, everyone in this room has dreams. Now, some of you have the the, the dreams and the goals that I've written down. I I meant the kind when you are... There's a dream, and then you wake up, and the dream is over. The good news is faith is so much, so, so, so much more than just a dream. Oftentimes when we talk about a man from the Old Testament, a man from the book of Genesis, a man named Joseph, we talk about Joseph, and we talk about him being the dreamer. But I want you to know that Joseph was much more than a dreamer because faith is more than just a dream. Remember, the dream ends. Faith goes on. As a matter of fact, when we look at Joseph and we look at his life, we, we, think, about, we think about him from early till late. Now, I will talk about this. Pastor Scott has given me the character Joseph from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22, that says, By faith, Joseph, not when he was dreaming, but when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Now, I want you to realize this. 
Pastor Scott, a few weeks ago, talked about the walk of faith. He talked about Enoch, right? Nod your heads. Most of you were here. There were four verses for Enoch. I have 14 chapters on the life of Joseph. We might be here a while. No, 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 we won't. But I, I, want, you to, I want you to understand this. Joseph, Joseph was more than a dreamer. Because Joseph lived a faith-filled life. Not just a little bit of faith. Not a little dabble, do you? No, no, no. Joseph lived a faith-filled life all the way through his life. We're going to look back to the book of Genesis because that's where we read about this story. We're not going to look in in depth at every part of his life because we could be here for weeks and weeks and weeks. But I do want to look back to the fact that if I'm going to say that Joseph lived a faith-filled life, i got to start when he was young, right? i got some of my young peeps here. And when Joseph began his life, as a young person, he had faith even as a young person. Now, when you're a young person and you have faith, it is so critical that you share that faith. Now, when Joseph, as a young person, was given those dreams, Joseph, as a young person, had the faith to share the dream. Now, God births in your hearts all the way through your life, from your teen years, through your 20s, through your 30s, through your 40s, and God births in your heart new, fresh dreams all the time. You need to step out in faith, to share that dream that God births in your heart. But sometimes we feel that that faith and sharing the dream is going to get us into trouble. And we can even point to Joseph to say, look at that dude. He got, he, mm, he got into some trouble when he was sharing. Well, he was a young person. We know that for certain because As we start the 14 chapters that walk through the history of Joseph, it starts with, this is the history of Jacob, chapter 37. Joseph, being only 17 years old, was out feeding the flock with his brothers. Now, Joe had some bros. There there were 10 of them before he came along. How many of you have 10 brothers? One, one, one. Okay, okay. There, there were ten, ten before he came along. And another one who came after he came along. So Joe was out with his ten brothers with the flocks. Joseph was a son of his father's Old age. In other words, not all these bros came from the same mom. Okay? So, Joe had a little brother. Ooh, you know what it's like to have the baby in the family. You love the baby in your family? Babies get spoiled, don't they? Nobody's going to agree with me this morning, but it's true. And, and, And Joseph had all of these brothers... He wasn't the oldest. He wasn't the youngest. But he was 
the favorite. How do we know he was the favorite? Because his brothers hated him. Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. Oh, some of you are now figuring out I'm not the oldest and I'm not the youngest, but I am the, okay. Now, Dad, would I say that? They hate, it might be true, but I might not say it. No, 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 listen, when, coming back to the favorite part. Okay, if you are the favorite, and I know that some of you in this room are the favorite. Do you know how I know that? Because y'all are God's favorites. Now, when God shines his favor into your heart and into your life, Sometimes what we do is we can rise up with pride and go, ooh, look at that. Look at the gift, this coat of many colors. Look at what I got. Instead of doing what we should be doing, and that is looking to the giver of the gift, not the recipient. God has given to you favor to be used to bless others. We are blessed to be a blessing, not just to be a, a, a recipient, but a conduit of God's blessing. But he shared this dream. He received a dream. And the scripture tells us they hated him even more. Well, that's not a good thing. That is not a good thing. Because you can have, if you have some pride in receiving favor, it couldn't lead to separation. It can lead to a loss within your own soul. So never allow pride to puff you up. Pride goes before destruction in a haughty spirit. Look at me. Goes before a fall. Now Joseph, Joseph did take a tumble eventually in, into the pit, but that was because he had the faith to share the dream. Here's the second dream that really got him, some people would say, into trouble. And he dreamed still another dream. Who was sending these dreams? It was God. And he told it to his brothers and said, look, I dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun and the moon and the 11 brothers, I mean the 11 stars, bowed down to me. Because that was the symbolism that, they were tell that he was telling and they were receiving. The 11 stars are going to bow down to me. Now that, that, my friends, did not sit well. Because he was sharing with them a dream. But what he was sharing with them wasn't just the dream. What he was doing was he was sharing the faith that God had breathed into them. And when God has breathed into you, he requires you to share the dream that he has breathed into you. It's the only way that you give legs to the vision. And as you start the journey, it is your faith that is to inspire you. And you are to inspire others. God calls you into this walk of faith as you run the race and you receive from him every good and perfect gift and you share with others and you need to, as a young person, as a middle-aged person, as an older person, share the dream that God births in your heart. When he speaks to you, you allow him to give you the time to share that vision. It will impact, it will impact and change the world, especially the world of those around you. You see, it wasn't, it was not just a dream. 
that some people would say got Joseph into trouble. No, 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 no. It was the faith to share the dream that started Joseph's journey. Joseph was in this land called Canaan. He was in the place of God's promise, the place of God's blessing. But God knew that he needed to supernaturally do something years down the road to save the promise. It was faith that began Joseph's journey. He had, he had lots of reasons to lose faith because this is how the journey began. He's out telling him about the sun, moon, and the stars bowing down to him. And his brothers did not like it one iota. So they conspired to end him. Reuben begged and said, no, 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 don't kill him. Put him in a pit. So they put him in a pit. And then they, then they ripped up that, that favorite jacket. They dipped it in some blood. They took it home and told Dad, you're dead. He's dead. And what did they do? Well, would that be a reason to lose faith if, if now your dad thinks you're dead, you're, the favorite, you're no longer the favorite? You're in a pit, you think you're going to die? Oh, it, but it gets better. They came back, and then they sold him into slavery, so he had to walk from Canaan to Egypt in order to walk by faith to the place where God was continuing to use him. God used him because of his faith. And as a young person, he had faith to share the dream. But as a young man, he had faith to live beyond a comfort zone. Oh, we, we like the comfort zone. Daddy's house. It's all good. There's food on the table. It's all wonderful. But what about when you're sold into slavery? That's, that's not so wonderful. But you have to keep operating in faith. When God calls you to serve, he calls you to serve with joy regardless of the circumstances. And that is what he called Joseph to do, to serve with joy. And he served in the house of Potiphar. And Potiphar was a captain of the guard, and so he was a person of stature. And so when you come in as the, the, the brand-new slave, where do you start? Very bottom, right? So he was here a while. Because as he rose through the ranks of that household, as he rose through the ranks of the household, the Lord was with Joseph because he was living and walking and working in faith. And he was a successful man. No longer a boy. Now he's a man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw, the one from the world saw that the Lord was with you. Well, that's what we would read here if it was about you. The Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper. Who would like all that you do to prosper? It's living in faith. It's walking in faith. It's working in faith. It's walking. If you're going to walk in faith, do you know what that means? You've got to walk in obedience. You've got to do what he says, the way he says to do it, when he says to do it. You see, godly obedience strengthens your faith. Godly obedience worked out each and every day. Now, Joseph had put the word into his heart. 
He had a relationship where he talked with God. That's what each of us need to do. Each morning we need to, by faith, be putting his word into our hearts. We need to be reading his word. We need to be communing with him. We need to be walking by faith, living in obedience, knowing that the word is applied to our hearts to increase and expand our faith. Because when we walk in obedience, it strengthens our faith. And when we strengthen our resolve, we're able to take the tough tests. Now, Joseph faced a very tough test. Because Potiphar, remember I said he was the captain of the guard, so that means he was a, had a position of power, prominence. Allowed him to make a choice selection for his bride who was beautiful. And she came to him and she thought, he's a strapping young man. I'd like him to pay some interest in me. So she came to him and she said, Joseph, come on. Let's, let's, let's sneak away, baby. What did Joseph say? He was walking in obedience, and this is what he said. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he, meaning the master, kept anything back from me but you because you are his wife how then can i do this great wickedness how can i choose the eye candy how can i take the easy way because no one would know and sin not just against you not just against my master but sin against god you see walking in obedience strengthened his faith strengthened his resolve so that he was victorious in this temptation but you know that when you are walking in obedience when you are walking by faith not every step forward is a step up i'll show you i'm going to walk forward ready because I'm slightly into the dark here. Let's step in the light. Okay. But wait, but I stepped forward and I went down? You mean not every step forward is a step up? That's, that's true. Because he was walking by faith. He was doing what was right. But what happened now? Well, the seductress got him alone. She grabbed his robe, and he ran out, and he left it behind. And my friends, I'm going to tell you, sometimes when the enemy wants to trip you up, you need to leave something behind. You need to run away from sin. You need to run towards the light. You need to run towards faith. Be filled with faith. That means you are going to be faithful. Full of faith means faith full. And what happened then? Well, she came and she said, Oh, honey, Potiphar, look what he did. He was trying to take advantage of me. You need to punish him now. You need to take his life. But Joe, Potiphar wasn't going to do that. But he did take him and he put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. How long from the time he was sold into slavery at 17? How long did he spend in Potiphar's house? Don't know. How long did he spend in jail? We don't know exactly. But we do know this if you combine the two things, the jail and Potiphar's house, slavery and jail time, 13 years. 
So he was in there a little while. And when he was there, he remained faithful. See, it's not just a dream. It was faith that began his journey, but it is faithfulness that continued Joseph's journey. I want you to think for a moment about this. Could Joseph have saved his family? Could he have saved the Canaanites if he had stayed in Potiphar's house? No. No. God had a plan. And walking in faithfulness, although it is not the easy way, although when it's moved you outside your comfort zone, although you still have to serve with joy, God has a plan to use you and to move you forward. You see, even in the jail, he kept serving faithfully, so much so that he was elevated yet again inside the jail. And the keeper of the prisoner did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, oh, look at that phrase again. The Lord made everything he did to prosper. Once again, I've said it. You've agreed. You, you want God to prosper what you do. How does that happen? By walking faith-filled, faithful lives, living in faith, sharing the faith, living in obedience that exercises your faith so that when the day comes, even if you are in the jail way down here, God can reach into wherever you are in your life and pick you up. He is maturing you through the process so that no longer just a man, but now as a mature leader, he had the faith to save his family. He had the faith to reach out and do what the impossible would be. You see, when he was in that jail, God continued to give him supernatural abilities. He first birthed the ability to dream, and now God gave him the ability to interpret the dreams. He interpreted dreams for the butler and the baker. And now, the man who is in charge of it all, Pharaoh himself, had a dream. And none of his wise men, none of his diviners could tell him the meaning of the dream. So they called to the jail. They called out of the pit. And they brought Joseph up. And Joseph interpreted, Pharaoh, your dream means that there are going to be seven years. Seven years where you're going to have great prosperity, great wealth, great accumulation, great fields, great crops. And then you're going to have seven years of critical famine. So you best be prepared. Now, I told you a minute ago that it was 13 years between jail and Potiphar's house, and here's how I know it. Because Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And what did the Pharaoh say? What did the man who could take or end or give any life? He said, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. In other words, you're out of the pit, and you're back in that place of prominence, the place of power, because you are living and walking and working 
filled with faith. You have the answer. You have brought the answer. God has caused you to prosper in the jail. God has caused you to prosper in Potiphar's house. God has caused you to prosper to interpret my dream. So I need you because you are with God and God is with you. Oh, that our friends would look at us and say, God is with you. God is with me. So he got to work. He got busy, second in command, so he caused all of the storehouses to be built. He, he caused the, the, there to be an accounting for all of the grain, all of the crops, and he caused it all to be stored away, put away, so that when the years of famine hit, Egypt was okay. The problem was, not everywhere was okay. So two years in, Canaan, remember Canaan back over here? Canaan ran out of goods. So about if it's, it's two years into the famine, seven years after he had the good years, so that would be about nine years, right? So that would mean Joseph would be about 39, about 39 years old. Then he, this is talking about his daddy, Jacob, known as Israel, said, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there, that we may live and may not die. Joseph was about 39. He's about 39. So about 22 years after, the ten bros sold him into slavery, went home and told their daddy that he was dead, they come walking in. They didn't have any clue who the second in command of Egypt was, but he sure knew who they were. Ooh. Do you think that he might have thought a little bit of revenge might be nice about now? Uh, that's, that's our humanity. But Joseph didn't go there. Joseph didn't go there because you cannot go there if you are filled with faith. You cannot entertain revenge. You can't manipulate. Now, he did, he did test his brothers to make sure that there was a change of heart. A the, the lot of them went to jail for three days because he was trying to ferret out how much has God done in your lives. Are you telling the truth? Is my father still alive? And, and over a period of time, as he cared for and sent his brothers home with grain, probably would have been about another two-year span before he got them to bring his daddy back. He hadn't seen his dad in almost 25 years. And when he was all, all alone with them, when he could have snapped his fingers and taken their lives, after the 11 stars had bowed down before him. This is what he said. God sent me before you to preserve a posterity. You know what that means? Future generations. A posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. God had a plan. God poured faith into Joseph. Joseph had faith to share the dream. 
Joseph continued to live in obedience and to serve with joy, to move outside the comfort zone. Because some of you go, I don't want to go outside my comfort zone, but God is calling you to get outside your comfort zone and to serve with joy. He's calling on you never to exact revenge, but always to pour blessing into the lives of others. You see, it's not just a dream. Faith, faith becomes reality and salvation. As you work, as you pray for the prodigals in your families, as you exercise that faith and live faith-filled lives, God will do a great and a mighty work that can transform families, that leads to reconciliation. Here, Joseph and his brothers were reconciled, brought together as one. Joseph and his father, whom he hadn't hugged his neck in 25 years almost, they, they were together. They lived together. God made a plan, and they lived in that land of Goshen because the Egyptians didn't like the shepherds. For all that time, that's what Joseph and his brothers had done. They were the shepherds. They were the the husbandry men that that are out there. So they set up shop in the the land of Goshen. They moved everybody from Canaan where there was no food over to Goshen where there was lots of food. And there was lots of love. And Joseph was there filled with love for all that family. He just just passed his 40th birthday, somewhere around there. But he didn't stop loving. He didn't stop serving. Joe lived a long time. Joseph lived till the scripture that we're talking about today. When he is an old man, and when he was an old man, he still had faith for the future. He still had faith for the future. If if we look back at the portion in Genesis that talks about this, you know how I know he's an old man? Because Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying. He was 110. But God will surely visit you. He's prophesying over the generations that are yet to come. He will bring you out of this land of Egypt to the land which he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and to our father Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children. Now he uses his dad's new name, the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. He had faith to prophesy for a long time yet to come. He had faith in the generations that were there. Oh, he had faith in the generations that were to come. Oh, as we age, sometimes we can become centered around what's comfortable for us. Like what's good for me. Oh, the music, the lights, it's, it's too loud, too dark, too new. Oh, all this technical stuff. But we need to have faith for the generations yet to come. We need to bless the generations yet to come. What, what does it say about Joseph? When, when we come to Hebrews chapter 11, it doesn't say by faith Joseph dreamed. It doesn't say by faith Joseph served. It doesn't say by faith Joseph saved. No, no, no. What it says is by faith when he was dying, 
made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. How long do you think that took? Centuries. More than 300 years. God, give us faith for tomorrow. God, give us faith for next week. God, give us faith for next month. God, give us faith for next year. God, give us faith for 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, until he returns. You see, it was not just a dream because dreams end. Faith never ends. Faith goes on. I'm so glad that God calls to our hearts and says, live faith-filled life. From the very youngest to the very oldest, all through our life, we need faith to share the dream that God births in us. So for some of you, for some of you, that means getting out and coming to beach baptism and sharing the faith and inviting others to come and see what God has done in your heart. For, for some of you, as you talk about moving along in faith, he's calling you to get out of your comfort zone and to serve. Find a place where you serve in the Church of Hope somewhere. Get out of your comfort zone and serve with joy like Joseph did so he can prosper everything you put your hand to. For some of you, he's saying keep on praying. Keep on being faith-filled. Pray and pray and pray until the prodigals are home. For all of us over the age of 50, he's calling for us to have faith for future generations. Pastor Earl still comes into the office almost, he comes in every week, almost every day, because he has faith not just for today. He has faith for the generations to come. Not just for his grandkids that are here already and his great-grandkids that are here already but for the ones who are not yet here. That applies to all of us. May we, by faith, live like Joseph. Let's stand for prayer. When he prophesied about those bones, this is what he was really saying. This land, it's not my final resting place. If we have faith, this world is not our final resting place. If we choose by faith to believe in Jesus, our home is in the heavenlies because he calls us home one day, either when he returns or when our life on this earth is done. I want to pray a prayer and invite everyone that's here to pray this prayer with me. Would you pray and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice. And now by faith, I receive your grace 
I confess my sin and my need of you. And I ask you to secure my home in heaven. I am your child because you died on the cross to cleanse me from sin and you rose from the grave to give me eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Our prayer ministers are going to come right now. And if you prayed that prayer, you may have prayed it for the first time, may have prayed it for the first time in a long time. That's a good thing. I encourage you to come and find one of our prayer ministers and, and just confirm with that and pray with them. We'll give you a little book at the Fresh Start desk out in the lobby. If you come out there after, we'll, we'll give you a book that explains what to do in the next few days to help secure that faith-filled walk. And, and this morning, if you go, hey, uh, Pastor, I I'm, I'm, haven't been all that obedient. I need, to, I need to get out of my comfort zone. I need to find a place to serve. I encourage you to come and to agree with some of the prayer ministers. And then just to let us know, we will be glad to help you find that place of serving with joy to experience the prosperity of God in your life. If you, if you want to say, hey, I need to share my faith, I want to be baptized at the beach, come on out to the Fresh Start desk after. We'll get you signed up there. We'll get you information. And if you have prodigals in your family that you want to pray about, come and meet with some of the prayer ministers. There are also communion tables on both sides of the auditorium. I encourage you to come and just to spend a few minutes thinking about Christ's sacrifice that makes us all one family, together, together with Him. If you're new here, before you leave, would you just stop by the VIP room? We have some more gifts for you. If we can answer any questions, we are really here to serve you. I want to pray one final prayer of blessing. Then Pastor Mark and the team are going to lead us in worship. And I invite you, after that prayer, to come for prayer, come for communion. Let's just connect our hearts with heaven for a few minutes. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would pour your blessing without measure on your sons and your daughters right here in the room and cause us to become more faith-filled, to live, to breathe with the faith that you have for us. May we share it and live with joy serving one another. Pray over the elements, the communion elements. Bless the cup. Bless the bread. May it remind us of your sacrifice that makes us one family. Pray your blessing upon this, your people. As they go from this place, may they walk in the strength and the grace of the Heavenly Father. In Jesus' glorious name, amen. Come for prayer, come for communion. Let's worship together.